4,500 miles of driving. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, I'm back. I'm back. I mean, uh, you know, it's always fun getting there. It's the coming back that's really hard. But uh, we, we uh, just got back from vacation. We, my family, we flew to uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and we drove through Illinois, visited with my cousin and his family, went through Cleveland, went uh, to Boston for about a week, went to New York for about three days, came back through the Appalachian Mountains, through Nashville, drove to Arkansas, visited with my sister and her family for a uh, few days, and then we drove to Kansas City and flew back home, got back on Tuesday. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of adventures along the way, a lot of stories. If you guys want to, you guys want to talk to us later. Uh, today we're we're wrapping up a series. Uh, it's the fourth week of the series "Stories to Live By." We've been looking at the parables of Jesus. Um, over the last few weeks, we've had the opportunity to really hear from a lot of different, uh, several different men in the church, and just what God's been really teaching them. I really, I've listened. I listened to each of the talks uh, or on the road. And uh, it was just really, uh, it was a really, really good talk. You know, Neil spoke on why must I forgive? And then uh, Jeremy uh, Walker spoke on how to invest your life. And then last week, John Rickard talked about how to neighbor, uh, which I like that. It's like a verb, like, you know, how to, how to actually be a neighbor to somebody. Is there a, do you guys hear a little thing in the, like I am? Okay. I just thought it was just me. Uh, so they'll work on that. Um, what I'm going to talk about today is how to hear God speak to you. We're going to look at a, we're going to look at a parable that Jesus had. Just in how how do you uh, how do you how do you hear God speak to you? So how do you approach God in such a way as to hear what He wants to share with you? Now, when uh, when I think of listening, I go back to my childhood and a commercial. There's this commercial that comes to my mind. And so if you ever wonder if commercials have any impact, they do. It's indelibly marked in my mind. It was through the 670s and the 80s there was this commercial. And uh, why don't we go ahead? I want us to watch, I want us to watch one of these commercials. You'll never regret the purchase of a good stock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my broker says it's a real good buy. What does your broker say? Well, my broker's E.F. Hutton. And Hutton says... When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. All right. You know, uh, for me, E.F. Hutton, I've never heard him actually say anything, but boy, if he ever, if I, if I ever heard him, I'd listen. His kids probably didn't listen, but that's a whole other story. Um, but, you know, that's just, you know, when E.F. Hutton talks, you know, when Lane's in, Hey guys, should I go to a different mic or is this, is this sound okay to you guys out there? Okay, good. Uh, so, you know, when, uh, there's, there's a, there was a gentleman, you know, when E.F. Hutton talks, he's like, you know, so you give, when someone, you, you have to, when you're someone you respect begins to talk, then you give, you give real weight to what they say. That's what that commercial is all about. And there was someone in the Old Testament, his name was Solomon, the, outside of Jesus, the wisest man who ever lived. And I want to take a look at, let's take a look at Proverbs 4, 7 and something he said. Now, this is just the first, uh, the first half of the verse. It just says, the beginning of wisdom is, and there's a colon. I think there's a pause. 
And I can tell you, when, when Solomon talked, people listen. So I can see Solomon, he says, the beginning of wisdom is, and I, everybody leans in. Because you know what? Wisdom is like, you know, how do you actually live your life in a way to really make a difference? How do you, how do you really have an understanding of how life really works? That's the big question. And here he is, he goes, the beginning of wisdom is, everybody leans forward. So let's, let's take a look at what he says. Go to the next slide. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Now, the first time I read that, I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that, what does that mean? It's like, you know, if you want to be wise, be wise. You know, so that's what it felt like the first time I read it. But the more I spent some time thinking about it, what he's saying is the beginning of wisdom is a passionate pursuit of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is a passionate pursuit of wisdom and understanding. You you have to pursue it. You have to decide that that you want to have it. And that's what he's saying. You know, the first step is you have to decide you want it. And then let's go on to another thing Solomon said. And this is Proverbs twenty five twelve. And he says this. He says, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Now, if if uh, if Solomon were writing this now, he might say things like, you know, like an iPad Pro with a keyboard and the pencil. It was just like something beautiful, something that is like desirous. He says, you know what, when you take someone who really understands how life works and they really have a desire to invest in the life of someone else, and you take that person, you connect them to someone who really has a listening ear, someone who really will take in what they say and put it into practice and make a difference in their life, he says, when you look at that, that's one of the most beautiful things you could ever see because it's really what all of us need is we really need help. Now, I looked up that, I looked at the, the word listening in the original languages, and basically it means this. It says, to hear intelligently with implication of attention and obedience. To hear intelligently with implication of attention and obedience. So basically it's to listen to the point of understanding, and it requires that you pay attention and that you follow through with what you heard. That's what a listening ear is. And that's what, that's what, that's what Solomon was saying. If you put someone who knows really like how life works connected with someone who really listens and puts into practice what they hear, that's a beautiful thing. Now, Jesus was the most brilliant person who ever walked the planet. Uh, in fact, you know, we talk a lot about Stephen Hawking and coming up with a theory of everything. Well, Jesus had a theory of everything and it was absolutely right. And, uh, he, he, he created it. He held it together. It actually is sustained because of him. And so, you know, he, there's no questions. He's just like, I, yes, I understand everything. So this, this is the person. Jesus is the person who really wants to speak into our lives. He really wants to connect to us, and he wants to help us. And uh, he really cares about us. And that's what the parables, when he's telling parables, he's trying to help people. He's trying to help people. He's trying to help them understand the truth that they need to know about how life works. So that's what these stories are about. He's trying to communicate truth. So what we're going to look at now, we're going to look at the parable of the sower. Other places, they call it the parable of the soils. But we're going to look at the account in Luke uh, chapter 8. So why don't we go ahead and go to Luke uh, 8, 4 through 8. And I'll just read this. So when a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. 
Some seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil, and it grew up, and it produced a crop a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so, you know, when he says, He has ears to hear, let him hear, what he's saying is, if there's a listening ear out there, then listen to what I'm saying. So he's calling out to people that have listening ears. And I don't know about you, but as I list that, if I were standing there and I heard this parable, I would be so confused. I mean, I'm sorry, could could you read it again? Could you say it again one more time? What what are you talking about? It's, just, it's, it's kind of confusing what Jesus said. One, uh, you know, when a, when a wise reprover is confusing, a listening ear always asks questions. A listening ear always asks questions to understand what they're trying to say. Sometimes a wise reprover actually is confusing on purpose because they're trying to draw you to ask questions. And so uh, that's I believe that that is some of what Jesus was doing there. And that's why he told this confusing story. In fact, let's go to Luke, the very next verse. This is exactly what his disciples did. They said, his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. And he said, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is in parables, so that they, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. You know, they, we would not know the meaning of this parable if they hadn't asked that question. You have to ask questions to get meaning out of things. So they ask that question, and, and Jesus actually explains the parable, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, for some people, they hear a confusing thing like that, and they just think, well, that's fine. I wasn't really planning to do anything anyway, so it's confusing. All right, that's, uh, you know, what's on Netflix? So, uh, you know, it's just it's confusing, but it really, I don't know why it really matters to me. But if you want to know, if you want to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, what you want to do is ask questions. When I ask questions of what God means and what he means for you. So let's go ahead. So I want to, let's take a look at what Jesus explained. Like this, this is the parable. He explains it. <clears throat> he says, I'm going to go ahead and read through this and then we'll talk a little bit about it. He says, now the parable is this. And then he gives the key. The seed is the word of God. I'm like, oh, I said, oh, oh, I get it. And then he says, those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away from the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time and temptation fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But, the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. It's really the last soil. It's a description of folks that really have a listening ear. And so um, I was, you know, just thinking about this, reflecting on this, getting ready for today. And, you know, it's kind of unique, interesting. The day we got back. See, one thing that happened when we were gone is we went to Cleveland and we saw the stadium where LeBron James was. There's this huge mural. Uh, Donovan just loved it. We got this picture of him in front of this mural. And uh, then uh, two days later, he decided to join the Lakers, and they tore that mural down. So we got we we were we were able to just get a picture of that before he before he headed out. But the day we got back, the day before we got back, David Chang sent me a text. He goes, "Hey, 
there's a, they're giving a free giveaway at Blaze Pizza for LeBron James. LeBron James is a part owner of LeBron, Blaze Pizza, and between 2 and 5 p.m., they get free pizzas. You know, in our family, that's like a, that's a ripple through. It's like, oh, free pizza. So we're like, oh, my gosh. You'll see, that's five. There's five of us. It's five free pizzas. We could have dinner. Oh, my gosh. I've been paying through the nose all the trip. It's like, we could have free. So when we got back, we went over. We drove down. I checked Alhambra was on the list, so we went over there. We drive up, and we're like, well, that's a long line, but, you know, it's, it's going to be long. But And so we start pulling in. I went, well, wait a minute. That's not the end of the line. There was like a break in the line because of the there was some shade. I thought, guys, let's just get out of the van. I want to go see where this line is. So we, like, walked down. The line came in Alhambra. The line came out, went past uh, the wing place and all the way down past around the corner. And so I thought, well, well, where does it end? So we walked around the corner. and I looked down. The line went back past Blaze Pizza on the other side down the sidewalk. I went, this was at least a four- to five-hour line. I thought, oh, you know what? My desire for free pizza began to wane. Um, I said, you know, guys, it was hot. It was, it was, oh man, it'd been hot the whole trip, but it was just hot and like, oh gosh. So we just opted for the non-free option and, uh, we went to round table in South Pasadena and had a, had a great meal of our last thing with our vacations. So we had a good time, but it wasn't free. Now I, th- I was thinking about that and I was thinking about, you know, there were some people. There were some people when they heard of this pizza giveaway, they just thought, why, why would anyone want to stand in line for that? And they, they never thought of it again. Gone. And there were some people, there were some people, they heard of that pizza and they got excited about it. I know because I was one of them. Um, so they got excited about it. They went there and they saw the line and the heat and they're like, no, no, we'll do something else. Door number two. And then there were some people. Some people that showed up and they, they got in line and they waited for hours. And they began to be concerned with things like, I need to get out of the heat. I'm dying. Or the amount of time that was going to cause problems with other things in our life, like, well, it'll be hard to justify this to my boss. That's a long lunch break. You know, it's just, you start, you know, you start, uh, it's a, you, there's just things you start to worry about things. You start to worry about what if they cut it off at 5 p.m. and everyone in line doesn't get a pizza? Which, by the way, they didn't do that. It was good on them. They went and gave everybody stickers. That's good. I found that out. But, uh, but you're just like, all these things. Finally, you know, some people just went, that's it. We're done. I know it's two hours of my life gone, but I'm not standing here anymore. And they left. And then there were some people. There were some people that they, uh, they heard about this, this pizza and they persevered through all the obstacles that I just mentioned. And they ultimately were rewarded with a free pizza. There were some people that walked out of there, happy campers, <laughs> free. Uh, well, maybe several hours of investment. I'm not sure how free that is, but it's free. Um, now, what is it that got them through all those obstacles? I think it's simple. Their vision of receiving a free $8.50 pizza was so compelling that they were willing to overcome every obstacle. And I think that really is, that's really a, a, it's a, it's kind of a, you can overlay that over what Jesus is saying here. And Jesus is saying things like this. He says, you know what? When some people hear the word of God, they hear the word of God and the devil convinces them that it has no real value. And it's like they never heard it at all. They just walk away. When some people hear the word of God, uh, they begin, they begin to follow. 
But then when things get difficult, it gets hard, you have to make hard decisions, they just, they punt. And they decide, nah, no more for me. And then he says, you know, there's some people, some people when they hear the word of God, uh, they begin to act on it. But the word is really crowded out in their lives because of things they're worried about, uh, like, you know, uh, just, you know, family stress, uh, job stress, time management, just all kinds of things that just kind of weigh on them up. Just maybe a riches, you know, like a strong desire for financial security. God says be generous, but will I have enough if I do that? And so there's just these things kind of crowded out. And then pleasures, like, you know, fun is really, I like fun. And I'd have to restrict my fun if I did what God was saying. And and so there's just all these other voices and these other things that are there. And they crowd out God's word. And and the, those folks, he says, that there's no real impact in their life. And they never really get to the place where there's real benefit. Because they don't really carry it through. And then he says there's there's another kind of people. They said when they hear the word of God, they respect the one who said it and they give it the proper weight in their lives. And they hold tight onto it and they act on it. And with hopeful endurance, they continue to act until they see the benefit really come into their lives. They really hold on. They persevere. Now, how do they overcome all those obstacles that we just talked about? How do they get past all those obstacles I think it's a vision thing as well. I think it's a, there's a vision in their minds that, that they could actually find their place in the world. I think there's a vision that, that they could really find the purpose for which they were cre- uniquely created by God. I think it's a vision that they would find the meaningful, fruitful life that they've always wanted. There's this, I could have that if I just stay and I follow God. I think it's when you have that, that picture, that vision, you become... You begin, you begin to develop a real listening ear, and you're able to really grow and really make progress with God. Now, all these obstacles are really like voices that are just like vying for your attention. You have God's voice, and you have all these other voices that are out there. So how do you, in the midst of that, develop a listening ear? I want to look at a, a movie clip right now. And take a look at that real quick, and then we'll pick this back up. But this movie clip is from uh, the movie U571 uh, from about 18 years ago. But it's basically, the movie is about uh, the Allies during World War II wanted to circumvent all the intelligence the Germans had on their U-boats. And they used something called the Enigma machine. And so they needed to capture one of these machines so they could figure out how to break the code. One of these machines was going to be on this U-boat, this submarine. And so they they uh, so they actually commandeer this submarine, but they're in the midst of the German fleet. So that's kind of a bad place to be when you're the wrong guys in the submarine. And so this clip, they've surfaced up, and a German airplane just drops out of the sky, and they don't know if this German airplane knows if they're the good guys or the bad guys. And they want them to think that they're Germans, so the airplane won't do anything bad. So just watch this clip. Everybody wave. Wave? 
So we sit in ducks and we shoot first, we can blow him out of the sky. We shoot and miss, he's gonna radio us in. Now Lane's gonna be the least of our problems. This is crazy, we could've get us killed. Intense. Now I'm gonna have to go watch that movie again. I'm all fired up. <laughs> Little intense. Now what you didn't see is the very next scene. The very next scene, they find out that there's a German battleship just off the horizon, and they they spot it next. If that guy, if that seaman, if that seaman would have fired that weapon and shot that plane, they probably within seconds would have been blown out of the water by that battleship, and their mission would have failed. So when that, 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 that seaman, when he listened to the captain and not to the other guy, he actually saved his life. He saved the life of everyone there, and he, and he actually saved the mission. And it's really important that you listen to the right voice. And so, um, you know, with us, it's very similar because we have all these other voices. We have the, you know, the enemy saying there's no value in what God says. Don't do that. We have uh, maybe our own, just, just our own selves, just like, you know, this is too hard uh, maybe it's the worries of the world, just worries that everyone has. Maybe it's the deceitfulness of riches. Riches are really going to what makes it happen. Uh, maybe it's going to be the, the desires for other things, other desires that you have. There's all these voices, but then there's God's voice, uh, and, he's, and he's, he's giving you input as to what to do. We need to hold fast to what God says and do what he says with perseverance in the midst of all the other voices. That's what we, need to, we need to pay attention to his voice. Um, so how do you develop a listening ear in the midst of all those other voices? I want to just give three things, three things to think through, three things to think about that you could, that you could work on to develop a listening ear. Uh, to start off with, I'd like to look at just about three verses past where Jesus explains that parable, something that Jesus said. Same breath, he gets to a therefore. And he says, he's talking about the soils. He goes, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, that will be taken from them. So we need to consider very carefully how we listen, that we actually put into practice what God, what Jesus is, is telling us to do. So one, the first thing that would really help in just developing a listening ear is to really connect relationally with God and others. To really connect relationally to God and others. Um, with God, you know, really to spend spend daily time with God in His Word, to really carve out that time to be mentally alone with God, listening to what He's telling you through the Scripture, and really listen to listen to Him. Now, there's something about you know we're always in our lives. I don't know about you guys. I wake up every morning. I'm right in the middle of my life, and uh, it's like I'm always in the middle of everything. It's like I get up and it's like I have all this in front of me. I got to do, and I'm always in it. But when you take time to meet with God, 
when you're mentally alone just with him, what happens with me is that you can step out of your life and actually look at it. So you're not just in it. You can actually in a place where you can actually work on it. And you can actually listen to God and say, God, you know, you start to see like things you've done. God can bring things up. Well, you know what? Jeep, you got a pattern here. There might be something I read that really sparks that. But just spend time each day in his word. And really listen to him like someone's talking. Listen to him like someone's speaking. Like, God, I want to hear from you. Read, and as you're reading, really listen as if someone's actually talking to you. And then I would ask God questions. I would ask God's questions uh, in your quiet time. Like, like, why do I struggle in this area? You know, it might be something you're really struggling with. Like, God, why do I struggle in this area? I've asked God that many times, and he provided many insights into myself as to where, like, where I'm really at. Yeah, and I, if we had time, I could share a few of those, but uh, we don't right now. But if you want to talk to me, I have struggles, so you could talk to me, I'll tell you. Um, and then, you know, asking questions like, God, what would this look like in my life? I know this would look like with Paul, this would look like with David, but God, what does this look like if I were to do this? What would I be doing? What would it look like if I were to do this? And God, you know, what do you mean here? God, what do you mean when you say this? Because he will respond to that and he will actually give you insight. And then, you know, ask for specific help. Like you're getting into a day. You know, don't view this time with God as like it's outside, it's like a category. But actually, this is just you and you've got your life. And God, ask for specific help. A few months ago, I was going through a time where it just felt like I was in charge of the universe, which I wasn't. But it felt like I was in charge of so many things, way more than I could really handle. And there were some things that day, there were several things in several places that needed to get done. And it, I just thought, man, God, I just don't have the capacity. I just... I don't see how this can, how I can handle everything that's coming at me today. And I was spending, and I was asking him for help. And I was in Psalm 138. And so in Psalm 138, verse 3, it just says, this is uh, David talking to God. He says, on the day I called, you answered me and you made me bold with strength in my soul. And when I read that, it just resonated with me. And I thought, God, that's what I need. I need boldness to face this day. And it's not based on just you. And then I keep reading. And then about verse 7 and 8, he says this, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you revive me. And then right below that he says, The Lord accomplishes what concerns me. And man, I, I just I was so encouraged. I thought, you know, God, I'm gonna, I am going to go boldly into today. And there's no way in the world this is going to work if you aren't going with me. So we're going to go do this together. And I went to work that day, and I remember I remember working hard on several things and watching things fall by the wayside as they got accomplished. You know, so just this this is a common occurrence I've, I've noticed in my life where God is just accomplishing things around me that I've been working on, but he brings them to the end. Someone else steps in. They say, hey, I got that done. Someone gets this idea that you're going you're gonna to work on something. It's just he really helps other people get engaged, in the, and he accomplishes things around me. Another thing I do is just connect relationally with, with other people. You know, connect, um, you know, connect, get some, spend some regular time with a group of folks that also walk with God. Um, God really uses other godly people to really speak into your life. Other wise reprovers. There's other people that can really speak into your life and they, they're giving things from God. And that's why with, in Church in the Valley, a big part of what we do is group life. A lot of groups. We provide groups because we, we know that that's the arena where people can really connect with one another and connect to God and really hear from different perspectives. 
You know, our last group, we just finished up our community group about a month ago. In our last group, we had a bonfire in my backyard. Uh, I think it was mostly legal. We had a fire pit. Um, and uh, we, we all sat around the circle, and we just kind of shared one thing that God taught you this year. And I, I tell you, that, that was one of the most meaningful times that I had last year, is just hearing. I, I felt like God spoke to me several times as I heard what people were learning from God. There's just... It exponentially expounds the amount of help you get from God when you're connected relationally with other people who walk with God. So really connect with God and connect relationally with God and with others. Second thing to really consider uh, is really pay attention to what he says. Pay attention to what, he te- what he's telling you. Uh, you know, memorize, memorize the things that God speaks to you about from his word. It might be maybe you're listening to a talk. Uh, and something really stands out. Maybe there's a verse that you go, man, that's the verse that's really going to help me. Or it might be a quiet time where you're reading something, or it might be a person just speaks into your life, or it, it might be the group you're in, there's something that really triggers, and uh, and you just memorize things. When you memorize verses, it really gives God, a, it really gives the Holy Spirit a vocabulary in your life. It can really help you with things. You know, uh, several years ago, I had a guy at work who uh, explained to me in no, un- in no uh, uncertain terms that, he did not. He did not approve of several things, and uh, he just kind of laid into me. And I uh, was in a, a private, uh, semi-private place, and he just like let me have it. He told me all these things he thought I was doing wrong, and he just got really angry with me. And uh, he was about ninety percent wrong, and about ten percent right. And so I I listened to the ten, and I dealt with it, but I was really struggling with the ninety because I felt so misunderstood. And uh, and for a couple of days, I was really wrestling with that. One morning in my quiet time, I got away and I just said, God, you're gonna ha- you have to help me because I, I can't let this go. It's like it's weighing on me. And right then, a verse I'd memorized came to my mind from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 7, 21 to 22. It just says, do not take seriously all words which are spoken. Otherwise, you'll hear your servant cursing you. <laughs> I, that's really close. And then he, And then he says... For you yourself likewise know that you have many times cursed others. Oh, oh. And I thought, you know, there are many times I've said things that I wish I hadn't. I wish Things I wish I could take back. And I thought, you know, I bet you that there are some things he said he wish he hadn't. And it just gave me a handle that I didn't have. And God really just, he just kind of, you know what, God? I'm the one who needs help here too. And I was able to just forgive him and let that go. And that was just, it was just huge. It was just... It was just God speaking uh, into my life. And then under the category of paying attention, you know, identify what you've already understood, but you haven't acted on it yet. Identify some things that you've already understood, but you haven't acted on it yet. Um, you know, uh, we've had several talks. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Neil spoke on why must I forgive? You know, maybe there's some anger issues you've been facing. Maybe there's someone you need to forgive. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's something that you need to do. Uh, maybe you know Jeremy talked about how to invest your life. Maybe maybe there's someone. Maybe God's kind of put in your mind that there's someone you really need to try to invest in. Or maybe you think there's, I need to ask somebody to really invest in me. Maybe that's something that you need to act on. And then uh, John talked about just how to neighbor, how to how to really relate to people and know that God really cares about them and and be also someone who cares about them and. 
You know, maybe God's really putting that in front of you. Like, you know, I really need to widen my circle of relationships. I really need to, I need to relate to more people that are around me. You know, maybe that's it. And the third, third thing that I'd, I'd throw out today, like how to develop a listening ear, would be to simply follow through and do what he says. To follow through and do what he says. Uh, if we go back to Luke eight eighteen, could you? He says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. I think he's referencing back to the parable of the sower. And he's talking about the, the soil. He's talking about actually putting into practice the things that you're hearing. And I think what he's saying is, when you put into practice what God's sharing with you, God gives you more. Whoever has will be more given. And, and you begin to really have a vibrant relationship with God, and you make real progress in life. And then I think if you get to the place where you, you, begin, to, you begin to stop really putting into, putting this, putting into uh, action what God's been teaching you, I think you begin to lose some things. You begin to lose understanding and things that you had. So really you want to very consider very carefully and really put into practice the thing that God's sharing with you. And so, um, you know, how do you, your vision for the benefits of following Jesus really becomes more and more compelling as you do this. And the other voices begin to diminish. They're still there, but they begin to diminish and you begin to put more weight on what God says. So with that, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the band, uh, to go ahead and, and come up and I'm going to wrap us up. But as, as they're coming, I just want to talk about next steps, um, if you notice on your handout and on the screen, uh, you can see that there's a lot of input here. No, there's, there's blank lines. So what I'd like you to do as you do today is really think through, think through at least the last four weeks and the talks that we've been, we've heard and think through, you know, is there a forgiveness that you need to give? Is there an investment that you need to give or ask for? Uh, is there someone that you really need to be a neighbor to? Uh, is there, is, uh, Maybe there's something in developing a listening ear that you really need to really take take action on. So with that, just think through what it is. Your next step is what God's telling you. And with that, I'm going to pray, and we'll get back to you while worship. Dear God, Father, i uh just very grateful to you that you care enough about us to give us input on our lives. And God, that you don't leave us untethered in the dark. But God, I just pray that each one of us would pursue you, a passionate pursuit, of wisdom and really take into, take into hand what you share with us and really put it into practice. And I pray that you'd really grow us to be the people that the world desperately needs. In Jesus' name, amen.